We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Stacy Dales, NFL Network correspondent. Here at Hallis Hall, as expected, continued buzz around the quarterbacks, especially when it comes to the 11th overall pick, Justin Fields. Breaking down the Bears beating news around the NFL. Head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. Where, where do we even start? Do we start at HITS? Do we start at the HITS acronym and principles? Hustle, yeah. intensity, takeaways on both sides of the football. Yeah, okay, yep. Okay, for the defense and the offense. And then smart football. Former WNBA star. And the ball stolen away. Didn't see her coming, and Perkins... Gets the clean steal over to Dales, easy land. Stacy Dales off a beautiful feed from Elaine Powell. Stacy Dales with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always enjoy talking to Stacy Dales, and she joins us now as all guests do on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of. The world's largest sports book. Stacy, anything new in the NFL? What's going on? <laughs> well, Molly and uh, I, um, I wanted to jump on the line and call some conspiracy theorists today because I don't really think that was Tom. I don't know if that was Tom. <laughs> I mean, right? CGI. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. It looked like a Tom. It smelled like a Tom. But was that really Tom Brady? In that? <laughs> That's great. In that <laughs> selfie video that was shot on his own phone, was that really him? <laughs> it's oh, a fair question so because it is so bizarre, Stacey, not him retiring, but the method he chose to deliver the news. Yeah, well, so I, I'm being obviously facetious sure. and sarcastic, and, and it's for a good reason because, oh, gosh, he broke his own news. I mean, can you just imagine what how the insiders feel today? Like, <laughs> everybody just crawling to get on that story. So, you know, good for Tom. Way to break your own news. It was actually very refreshing, and I'll put the sarcasm aside, because, you know, last year at this time, I was in L.A. for the Super Bowl, or what was it, the NFC Championship, actually, because he did it right around this time. And, um, you know, obviously it sent the NFL into a spiral and sort of took the acclaim of Championship Weekend and, uh, you know, I, I just appreciated his message. I watched it, obviously, and I uh, thought it was really emotional and heartfelt. And, I mean, how can you not respect this guy? But, like, everybody wanted a piece of the, the pie. Like, who's going to break it first? I just love that he did it, and deservingly so. I, I got to say, I was laughing when I checked Twitter, and uh, <laughs> and I saw that Brett Favre was trending, and I thought, oh, no. And then I <laughs> And then I, you know, there's a lot going on. And then I realized it's because he retired like four times. And Tom is doing like another retirement. Comparison. It, that's what it He's was. He's too behind. Is that hilarious? Yeah. yeah. It is. It is. It is. Um, well, and now it's going to be like Dustin and I were just, you know, chatting right before he, he put me on with you guys. And, and like now the other one, what's going to happen with the other one, um, Aaron Rodgers. So, the other one. I love it. Yeah, the other one. <laughs> You know, I just, like, it's just really remarkable because I've covered Tom Brady and, um, you know, I, early in my reporting career in the NFL, I spent a lot of time in New England because we didn't have a reporter. 
And anytime you went there, there was obviously this mystique when a player of that caliber and uniqueness can captivate an entire league of, you know, to me, baseball and basketball and all those would argue the greatest sport on the planet. And um, it's just amazing because if you look at his journey, like he gave hope to every young, I use the word average lightly, quarterback out there that, you know, wasn't drafted high and didn't look like he would be a future Hall of Famer. I mean, he was 199th pick overall, you know, 24 years ago. He played, he's played 23 seasons and or 23 years ago and like made everybody believe I can be Tom up Tom Brady one day. And, you know, it's just pretty remarkable to me that he could take over a franchise because Bill Belichick is a different coach without him as good as he is. And he's, he's amazing, but you know, he leaves and goes to Tampa and he wins the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a season. I and mean, that's how good Tom Brady right. is. I, I'd love to just be able to step into the interlacings of his brain and why he's so great. But I, I think, you know, the way he makes players around him better. And older, an older Tom Brady, the thing I noticed in his later career, just in terms of defenders playing against him, if you sack Tom Brady, it's like a Super Bowl for you. Right. For some of the young players. And everybody wants to run to him and get his jersey after the game, all these young guys. And it's just, it's really cool to see how he handled that. And then also just the respect he got from like, I'm talking 23, 24, 25 year old defenders and um, guys in the league that are going to tell their kids one day, or maybe are telling their kids, I sacked Tom Brady. That's a great point about the way that Tom Brady gave every sixth rounder or late round draft pick hope, how he gave every unathletic high school quarterback with a good arm and a great brain the idea that he could succeed at whatever level. Tom Brady did a lot more in terms of a legacy that goes beyond the seven time, you know, t- seven times he won a Super Bowl. Great point, Stacy. I wondered if you look back at this past season, seeing him play and seeing uh, being around the league as, as you did, mm-hmm. how good was he? And it, it, is this the right time? Did he see the decline that was maybe beginning that he couldn't stop? Do you think that led to to this point where he felt like he couldn't come back? Well, how good was he? He he, um, he was outstanding. I mean, he still put up 46, almost 4,500 or 4,700 pass yards this season, the most pass attempts in his career, if you can believe that. Like, think about it. 23 seasons, David, 490 pass attempts. That was the most in his career in his 23rd season at age 45. He had the most completions of his career this year, I believe. Um, if I, I'd have to go back and double check. But I did take a peek this morning when I got up, and I mean, he, he had a, 733 pass completions this season. That's the most of his career. So he was doing he was doing things at a at a that they needed differently this season. Um, and, and you know I share those numbers because he's 45 years old. For him to be throwing the ball as much as he did, right? And they had injuries. The Bucks did this year. They obviously, um, you know, were were. <laughs> We're, we're trying to replicate some element of success, which is so hard to do in the NFL period. Like you saw the Rams this year, they go from winning a Super Bowl to being really Sean McVay, possibly considering taking a leave of absence from coaching. I mean, they were that bad. And, and talking to people in that organization, how different it was this year and how much maybe there was some drama in different ways that we didn't see. 
And so, and then Tom Brady obviously going through a very personal, um, some very personal struggles heading into the season. So I, I still think it was a great year for him, uh, David, to answer your question. And uh, you know, it's hard to pick which the which year was best for him. We seven Super Bowls, obviously a five-time Super Bowl MVP. The guy just performs when the lights are on. And again, people still have a dream that they can play quarterback because of Tom Brady. Look at Brock Purdy this year. I mean. This guy was the, he's, he's the latest drafted quarterback, basically, to have the success that he's had in a single season in his rookie year. And don't think that those guys all don't look at their mentor, who is Tom Brady. But, again, I'm just, I'm just glad that he did it himself. And um, there, there's, there's some purity in that, and I love that about it, the, the day. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's, um, it's, not a, it's not an NFL story. It's an American sports story. It's bigger than just a league because he was that great a player. And um, I, I guess, though, that there are, is other news in the NFL. We know that there have been some coaching hires. Sean Payton back at work and going to, uh, to Denver to try to do something with Russell Wilson uh, to me, I think D'Amico Ryans is a great story. That is a guy that did a great job. Uh, have you heard anything about if he's bringing any offensive coordinator with him? Can he get one of these Shanahan guys to go with him? Because uh, that might help a little bit. Yeah, I think he's looking at the pass game coordinator from the, the Niners, which isn't surprising um, to, to head there You know, as, as a possible offensive coordinator candidate, but I, you guys know me. I mean, we were on last week and I said that um, I really felt like Denver was the best fit for Sean Payton and and there he goes. And um, I kind of had a a thought in my mind that might happen just because remember, you know, he needs a quarterback, right? So he's got Russell Wilson and he got the quarterback and um, there's some stability there now with Sean Payton, but uh, I love this hire in Houston, D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, I, just covering the Niners defense of the last couple of years. He's such an incredible leader. He was as a player, but maybe even a better leader as a coach. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to go through an extensive process, just, just like we saw with these head coaches. I'm just kind of waiting on the Colts, you know. They've interviewed everybody and everybody's, you know, brother and uh, uh, maybe sister. I don't know. They, I know that Jim Irsay has done his due diligence, but they're going to have to make a decision because the combine is a month away, you guys. And the senior bowl is happening now and you need your head coach to be involved in all of that. And um, so the Colts better get on the horn and pick somebody soon. Stacy, I respect Sean Payton as much as you do. Got to ask you this though. Is he worth a first round pick this year, a second round pick, next year (laughs) is any coach worth that kind of draft capital and do you think that he can fix russell wilson i do think he's worth that because i think he's going to pull in some some players via free agency or around the league that will know him um they have played for him and buy into his system so i think you could get a couple maybe studs to come in and play for you because they know sean payton's a winner so that might eat up a little bit maybe with one of those picks david um, and your second question, I, I forgot, but um, Russell I, Wilson. I, yeah, Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think he's going to transform Russell Wilson. I do. Um, my, Pete Carroll, you know, Pete Carroll's an amazing coach, and he obviously was gifted in coaching Russell Wilson. Um, I think Russell responded to that sort of veteran expertise, and I think he will do the same with Sean Payton. Sean Payton is extremely meticulous. He's very rare um 
there aren't many coaches that I've listened to or talked to that are as unique as him, meaning you could ask him, he wants football questions, so you can ask him a football question, but sometimes he'll go off into a five-minute soliloquy on it because he, he might love the question and he might just go into another planet with it. And that's how he is when he coaches. That's how he is when he takes apart game plans. Um, he's obviously a Super Bowl champion, and he's been to a lot of championship moments. So, um, and won the, that division in, in the NFC South so quite a few times. And, I, you know, you look at Drew Brees, right? Drew Brees was considered an undersized quarterback who shouldn't have been as good as he is. Well, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and a large part of that is the marriage that he had with Sean Payton. So I think Russell Wilson's probably the happiest guy right now. Yeah, it is. I tell you what, it's kind of um, extraordinary when we start thinking about quarterbacks because obviously, you know, we're trying to connect dots everywhere and we're looking at D'Amico Ryans as a guy born in Alabama who went to Alabama. Maybe he likes the Alabama quarterback and wants to trade up one spot and that could begin <laughs> a, a big move for the uh, the Bears. And that, that's just the way we look at life. We're kind of looking through the lens of, of Chicago and the Bears. Um you know, it's an interesting offseason because money has increased. The Bears have more money than anyone else, but now every team can maybe afford to keep guys out of the free agent market. It's just going to be really interesting to see how they go about building their team and if they can trade that pick and get uh, a lot for the number one pick. Yeah, I think so, Molly. And I, I, I just I won't be surprised if they trade it. Obviously, I'll probably be on the Bears because I do live in this area, and I, you know, they have the number one pick. They've, they've got a bunch of good picks. They have eight right now, I think. And you know, I, I would anticipate them moving because they don't even have to move much. I mean, they they don't need a quarterback. They don't need to draft a quarterback. Now, you could argue that, you know, if if, if on their board whether it be, you know, one of these these um, defensive powerhouses up front, whether it be like a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter, a Miles Murphy, like who do they covet and how could that player impact their defense right away? I mean, look at the Detroit Lions and Aiden Hutchinson. So they pick him second overall and look at what he did. I mean, he, he, he made – opposing offenses have to game plan with him in mind. Like the way that Detroit used him in his rookie campaign, and he's going to be like that for years. So obviously Chicago needs something like that up front defensively, right? You have to win. The thing that you always learn at this time of year when you look at the teams that are left, you look at are they do they have a good offensive line and do they have a good defensive line? And I'm covering the Eagles heading into the Super Bowl. Mm. I don't think there are two better, now the Chiefs would argue, um, offensive and defensive lines in football. I mean, they are going into that San Francisco game this weekend. I, I thought to myself in my head, Brock Purdy, who never turns the ball over, is going to turn it over. Not only did they force him into a turnover, turnovers, but they knocked him out of the game and they knocked his backup, Johnson, out of the game. Because their defensive line is formidable. I, it's just insane what Howie Roseman has created, um, their general manager, with that defensive front. And so, like, that's, you have to have those players. And, and so that'll be the biggest challenge for, for Ryan Poles, you guys, because 
do you pass on one of these premium guys or can you move down maybe three spots or four spots and still get one is, is going to be the question. And they still need to, they need to fix their line. They need to fix their defensive line and they need wide receivers. Um, Stacey, so, yeah, you, you did a great job covering the Eagles post game. You got to everybody and the, the overwhelming sense I got from all of the reporting and just watching was that this was a great victory winning the NFC championship game, certainly, but there was a sense of unfinished business and this is a team on a mission. Yeah, definitely. And the the weird part about the Eagles, David, is obviously number one seed. And we couldn't have a better Super Bowl to look forward to on the 12th. Um, they, are, they, they feel internally underrated, which is strange. But it's a real thing. And I, I don't know if it stems from, like, talking to players. Like, they feel – they call it a – it's a Philly thing. They feel like people – they, they believe their blue collar town is underrated and people they're still questioning, is this defense good? Like Jonathan Gannon, their defensive coordinator has taken heat at times this year, like even lo- on local radio stations in Philadelphia, like this guy, this, this defense should be better. This defense should be that. I mean, their defense is insane. They have the best def- pass defense in the NFL and nobody gets after the quarterback the way they do. Uh, 78, is it, sacks on the season, including the playoffs. It's just crazy how good they are. And they, and they do it, they rotate their players up front. So there's this sense, David, where I feel like they're on a mission because they're out to prove to people that, you know, hey, we deserve to win the Super Bowl and here's why. But it, it, it kind of goes back to Tom Brady, though. Like, I, I've watched Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers play with chips on their shoulders for the, the entirety of their career. Right. Like when you pick a guy in the sixth round, when you mm-hmm. when you don't pick a guy in the top five uh, and take the local guy like the San Francisco 49ers pass on Aaron Rodgers and he gets picked way later than he should have. They, they inherently play with chips on their shoulders. And Jalen Hurts is doing that right now. I mean, it's just it's it's crazy to see like how players are mentally motivated and that and then you see teams that are as well. And I think the Chiefs defense feels underslighted. And if you listen to a Chris Jones interview or a Frank Clark interview after any game, they will tell you that. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's going to be really cool. There's lots of storylines. Obviously, Andy Reid coaching against the team that he coached for so many years in Philly. Two African-American quarterbacks for the first time ever, which I think is just fantastic. Um, and they were both the best quarterbacks really in the NFL this season to me in terms of how they led their team. And you know, performed <laughs> just brilliant football. So it's going to be fun. Stacy. before we let you go, I want to get your perspective on this. You are a former Chicago Skies player. It's been a bad Ooh. week for the sky. Uh, the sky is falling, if you will. <laughs> Candace Parker <laughs> leaving town, signing with the Aces. Courtney Vandersloot announces she is not returning as well. Do you have a Ooh. thought on what's going on with that franchise, why this might be happening now, and what your level of surprise was? I think it's like any franchise. I'm not surprised about Candace Parker because um, that she's at that stage in his in her career where she's going places where she thinks she can win another championship right away. And maybe she doesn't see that now. But it's this isn't surprising because it's you know maybe because the WNBA in a, in a way like you, you would think fewer teams and um, why wouldn't players stay somewhere? But I, I just think teams go through on transitions, especially after they've won championships. They won a championship a couple of years ago, and those players are getting older now. Contracts change, and so they have to make decisions to 
just like for themselves to close out their career. How am I going to close my career? And I think, I think Candace is probably looking at that situation in is it Vegas and, and thinking maybe this is a place I can end my career and win another championship and impact another roster at the stage in my career that I'm at. So it's not surprising, but um, you know, they obviously have a lot of work to do to, to rebuild it. And uh, you know, I think James Wade is a really good coach and leader and I'm, I'm confident he'll still put a good product on the floor. Thanks a ton, Stacey. Great catching up with you. We appreciate it. Thanks, Stacey. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you uh, hopefully from Phoenix next next week. Yeah, Take care. that's great. That is Stacey Dales. You're not really as concerned about the sky. I think you just wanted to give that headline, the sky is falling. You are really cynical. I'm not. I just think that's a really good line. And I wonder if you really wanted to do anything curious. other than to say that. I wanted right. her to weigh in. She's a former Sky player. I know, I know. She's visible. She's vocal. She's got opinions and thoughts. It feels like they're in a rebuild now, right? I mean, Candace Parker. Well, you lose Candace Parker. Right there. Yeah, but, it's, but, a, it's a huge blow to the, to the really city sports scene. Too. And, sure. and isn't she married to um, – uh, Allie Quigley. Allie Quigley is the is the girl from the. the, the <laughs> I will always associate her with horse. Oh my god! And the tournament that you just loved during that, the pandemic. Let me tell you something. More than I, anybody ever. Has. I needed that horse tournament more than any five guys you've ever met. It was like if you remember, we were like operating out of our basement. Yes. It was just a hard time. There was no sports, oh boy. and I was living and dying on that. And I thought. I wanted to like drive up to her house and just kind of see that court and everything. Oh, though. I, I mean, that's how nuts I was, was about the about the horse game. That was I back when Zach Levine could hit the three. Back, back when Zach was uh, was was I think his girlfriend was with them. Yes. They were in quarantine, but they were not yet, uh, you know, married. Right. And uh, and that was so great because he was like he he I I forget her name, but he was like hey. Over here, like he, she was rebounding for him, and I just loved it. That's love, buddy. That's love. You can get someone to rebound for us in a game of horse. Give me a break. All right, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Molly and on the score. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. That is the voice of Tom Brady. He did retire for good and no regrets. No regrets at all. I don't want you to feel like he has any regrets, David. No, he doesn't. It's February 1st, so that must mean that um, he's going to announce his retirement as he did last February 1st. So here we go again. Same thing (laughs) happened. This time I mean it. This time I mean it. It feels the same. I thought tomorrow was Groundhog's Day. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of feel bad for Tom because he's got to be in a hard place, right? I mean, it's got to be difficult for him to give up his career. And, uh, you know, he came back for that. It just doesn't seem like there was enough that he got out of that particular I, I'm going to probably withhold my sympathy. Yeah, I know you are. I, you, I don't you, feel that sorry for him. You feel, like, nostalgic. You feel sentimental. You don't feel sorry. I, I don't, don't feel sorry for him. for any guy. He's accomplished yeah. so much, more than any other quarterback who's ever played the game. Seven Super Bowls. He has so many records. The, the list goes on. Just what he accomplished after 40 years old is a career to some people. Right. And now he gets a chance. Oh, poor Tom. 
Oh he's retiring to go replace Greg Olson, who shouldn't be replaced, and he's going to make $37 million a year or something so like that. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, so you're really uh, oh, upset about uh, Greg Olson. This I'm, has nothing to do. It has something to do with Tom mm. Brady, perhaps, but I am upset about Greg Olson. Greg Olson has done nothing to deserve being replaced. He is at the top of his game right now. He has improved steadily, and I look forward to hearing his commentary during the Super Bowl. I look forward to every game he's in the booth because he makes me smarter as a viewer. I I really like Greg Olson, but I'm not mad at Tom that he's got a career after his football career. I just think that that Tom – I don't think he's going to be a very good broadcaster. I, I don't because I think Tom is like a nice enough guy that he's not going to want to badmouth anyone and he's not going to want to say, oh, that was a mistake or that was a mistake. And I think that's what you need. You need someone to really kind of pick apart what they're seeing. But I am very curious to see Tom. I'm very curious to see how he goes about it, how how he, you know, if he throws himself into it, right? I mean, that's a hard job. You got to be gung ho about it. You got to be willing to to uh, spend a lot of time breaking down tape, talking to people. You got to prepare. So that's like what you're I'm saying, saying almost. Not Do you to, think he will? I, I don't know if he will or won't. My sense is he will because okay. when you're that maniacal about your preparation and your process, then it's going to be great. It's going to be a habit that's hard to break. You are conditioned after 20 years playing quarterback in the, in the National Football League at the level he played it. You've got to think that everything in his life falls under the same – requires the same kind of approach because he's just conditioned to, to, to do it that way. And plus, he doesn't want to embarrass himself. Yeah. I mean, if he puts in the time, he'll yeah. be phenomenal at it. But I just I, – I don't know. It's just – it seems like it's a big ask for a guy like Tom. It is. So that's the broadcasting element. The football perspective on it, I'm, I'm mildly surprised only because – we have identified situations that appear to be win-now situations. Plug-in quarterback, go to Super Bowl. Plug-and-play situations. And I think that him passing up on what seems to be a real enticing opportunity is a bit of a surprise given his competitive nature, given the, the, the level of, uh, uh, of success he's had because you think that that would appeal to him to stick around one more time. Yeah, you do. You do, definitely. I, I you know, it's just I I think Tom has to stop. I think that's what it's come down to. I think that this has nothing to do with um what what he wants or what his you know, I think he's done. I think he looked washed by that last playoff game. And I I made me wonder if he could keep going. And it doesn't surprise me that he it, at the age of forty five, it's enough. Uh, okay, that's it. I got it all out. I left it all on the field. I don't want to go try to find a place to win a ring. I, I, if I was going to come back, I would have come back to the same place. That's it. That's me done. That's Tom out. I, I think he had a season that he could be proud of. Uh, you know, he had 4,600 passing yards, and the Bucks got to the playoffs. I'm not going to say that by his standards it was maybe something that measured up. Uh, he struggled at times. He did look old in that final game. There's no doubt about it. We came in here the next morning and said yep. he's never looked older. I wondered this, though, and I know it's somewhat unorthodox, but if I were Tom Brady and I wanted to stick around, he clearly doesn't, and that's why he announced his retirement this morning. But what about a hybrid 
schedule where he doesn't start playing until week eight, week 10. Yeah. Because how many teams would say, all right, we're going to tread water until we get the quarterback answered. It would be the equivalent, as Dustin shakes his head in disgust, it would be the equivalent of, of making a trade at the deadline, as we saw the 49ers do this year with Christian McCaffrey. Worked out pretty well for them. Dustin, why are you upset that but he wasn't? That idea? But the difference with McCaffrey, he wasn't not playing. Stay in shape. You know, this guy doesn't need to be. I don't know. No, I mean, if we, we talk all the time about the unison of the offensive line, five guys, maybe six working together if you include the tight end. I mean, the, the wide receivers and Tom Brady, he, he he did not play as well as he has in the past because he played too many games. You know, again, father time and mother nature, okay, undefeated still and continue to, and continue you, to you be. You know what gave them an advantage too? You know what helped father time and mother nature this year? That the Buckner offensive line stunk. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> but again, I, I'm with. I think it was Dan Weeder. I'll believe Tom Brady when he either is in the booth, February the 12th, with Greg Olson, and or not on a team in August. Don't you think, honestly, that the the next, you know, what what where's he going next? All that stuff. Fox Studios. That wouldn't that be or the booth. I mean, wouldn't that be the best? Sure. Movie the other make? problem with this whole thing is, I really think this gets in the way of Aaron Rodgers retiring. I think now it's almost a lead pipe, stone cold lock that he's sticking that around. he sticks around. Yeah. Why do you say that? He's because he's not going to play second fiddle. He wants to be. He wants the his center of attention. Stage. Well, he, he will not. He will not be. an, oh yeah, by the way, Aaron Aaron Rodgers retired. He wants too. his long goodbye. He wants his long goodbye. Why not? If I were him, I might want that too. Plus, Aaron Rodgers, even though he's coming off the worst season of his in, in a long time, I don't know statistically if it's the worst ever, but he was not good. I mean, unless the league but, retires him based on nobody wants to pay him, but otherwise he's back. If you, Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has something left to prove. I don't think Tom Brady did. No, I agree with you. I don't so think he had anything to prove. That could, that could factor in. Also, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off, but if I'm the 49ers, I'm having this meeting the next time you reconvene and saying, all right, well, we can't go the Brady plan. Let's nix that. What would it take to get Rodgers here? Oh, my God. That, you know, I don't think Rodgers would do much better without with that banged-up offensive line, without any speed on that team. I, do you think that they, that they that that could work? The 49ers and Rodgers? Well, no, no. I'm, I was talking about Tampa. Oh no, I'm sorry. I, I mean, the I 40, misunderstood when no, you said it, not Brady. No, I, I well, wasn't the, the Buccaneers with Rodgers. Buccaneers screams like Jimmy G or, or Carr to me. That that I, I would put those two guys like those two. The Buccaneers scream yeah. rebuild. Yeah, the Buccaneers are. They done. still need a quarterback. They got to start They're over. Lost. Yeah, still need a quarterback. Yeah. yeah, join join the club. But they have no assets to trade up for the. No, they really don't. No, they've given everything up. Unless uh, the they have, Niners, a, wide, they have if, a wide receiver see, the, that you might like. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, how about it? He, they ought to get him to Chicago. <laughs> the the, uh, the pterodactyl. Well, that's okay. Well, let's talk dominoes for a second before we get to your, yeah, okay. your San Francisco point with Rodgers. When you look at now the Buccaneers without Tom Brady, right. leaning toward maybe a, a rookie quarterback or rebuild situation, if you're Mike Evans, you want out. Oh, yeah. And if you want out – then you got to look at if you're Ryan Poles, hmm, okay, what does that do? What would it take? Uh, who do we know? How do you make that happen? Because Mike Evans is the kind of player that you plug into this Bears offense, and he represents a kind of receiver that Justin Fields needs to take that next step. Oh, my God. He's, he is their A.J. Brown. He's a go-get-it guy. Yeah. yeah, no question about it. 
No so, question about it. I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think that would be a really good move if they could potentially get it. You are going to talk about Rodgers in San Francisco. I was going to just say the problem is the amount of money. You know, the, the, the problem that you have is Trey Lance on a rookie contract, Brock Purdy on a rookie contract, Jimmy G's taking the money and leaving. How are you going to fit that, that uh, salary under what you do, you know, you, you need, I, I agree with you. You need a veteran quarterback that can come in and into a really good situation and win. And, you know, I don't know who that is. And I think any quarterback should, should uh, love to get to a place like that. But I think Aaron Rodgers is just too damn expensive. And that's also going to cost you picks. That's also, see, the reason Tom was perfect is because, it wouldn't cost you the picks or anything like that. What are they? What are you going to have to give up? They've used up a lot of what they by getting have, McCaffrey. By, yes, by putting themselves in and, this position and by by yeah. trading up for the quarterback Trey Lance. Right? They they don't. You know, now I think they're back to seeing who can mend quickest and how do we move forward with that. I think that that this idea or Garoppolo on a one year deal. Well. Whatever it takes. I mean, you you could come back with the same three quarterbacks, run it back, and, and get just, back to the NFC Championship and, and game, and hope one of them yeah. is is uh you know alive and well when that NFC Championship game hits. Maybe all of them. Who knows? Yeah, it's going to require some creativity, I think. But I would be tempted if I'm John Lynch to, if not Aaron Rodgers, I, you're you're one quarterback away, and you, you can't sleep this week because. If you had a healthy quarterback, you may wonder, yeah, it was 31-7, to seven, yeah. but would you still be playing because right. you wouldn't have fumbled in the first quarter? You might not have fallen behind if your coach could throw a challenge flag. You might oh, be in a boy. different situation if you had a quarterback that you could I thought we had decided to blame the league for that. Okay. Now we're back to blaming poor well, Kyle Shanahan, poor, maybe maybe one of the greatest coaches in league history. You would give up a first rounder for Justin? Kyle Shanahan, I think. Oh, yeah. Totally. If he's a stud, that is exactly you totally what he would. Is. I, I, I would, without question, give up a first-round pick for Kyle Shanahan. No doubt about it. Would you give up w- this first-round pick w- for w- Kyle Shanahan? Um, the number one overall pick. I think I would trade down and get a couple of extra. We got to revisit this tomorrow. We've got to revisit this tomorrow. You know, you don't. You didn't you answer know, that the way that you would typically answer. You that. know, and I you, know that that if, if he is worth a first round I, draft, I got you caught no on a wave of emotion. You answered impulsively. If you think about this, you would not give up a first round draft pick for a coach. I do a lot of things impulsively, such as saying that they should play the uh, the championship games at neutral sites. That and was then, great, and then I find out that I'm right. It's a great idea. That it's going to happen, I, it, and I'm let's, let's look, look at back in August, maybe September eighth. You impulsively picked the Eagles to play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That was more of a studied opinion. Oh, okay. I'd like to think. No, that was <laughs> you're right. It was a total fluke. But you know what? I, I was right. Well, it is a very I, flukish. I don't pick remember by that. Molly. So I think maybe can we play that for a sixth time, perhaps? Because I don't we, think we've heard it enough this we, week already. Shouldn't we have been playing it leading into the <laughs> NFC Championship? Let's, uh, yeah. let's just take. Let's let's all put it our minds be part back. Of the legal ID. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I got the uh, the Eagles will beat the Niners. A couple of teams that didn't win divisions, I picked. So I got the Chiefs beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl.
I mean, I'd like to reverse that pick, maybe go the other way, but I can't now. It's very undervalued there. Did you hear? Did, I just picked Eagles up. Eagles beat the Niners. Yeah. Yeah, he picked that one too. I, I think that. We haven't even made a big deal about that. We can't hear that why enough this why week. Why didn't we have that going into the NFC Championship game? Because we weren't sure it was going because, to happen. Because no, because none of you guys believed in, believed you. in me. You are the underdog. I was the loser. You are the underdog. Always the, doubted. And you forever are questioned. You are well balanced because you have a chip on both shoulders. That's I'll right. tell you, Bet That's Rivers me. better be careful now. If I heard those predictions <laughs> and I see you investing, I might move some lines based on your, uh, your the Swami, as, uh, uh, David. The Moly special. Hey, you know, even the blind. Swami and Haw, weekdays, 530 to 10. <laughs> It's Mully and Haw, Chicago. We got, we got uh, Dan and Lawrence. I believe it's a Layla Wednesday on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. Great Swami Mully. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.